This episode is brought to you by Podbean, the easiest, most affordable option to get started in podcasting. Stay tuned to hear how you can get your first month of Podbean for free. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Committed Critics, a pop culture podcast where we're not only committed to our opinions, but also each other. Aww. Yay, we did it this time. The girls didn't do it last time. I I wanted it that way. Uh Uh-huh. If you listen closely to the episode, you hear Zach in the background going, aww. I hear hear the abrupt pause and nothing. I'm fine. I'm like, fine, I'll do it. Oh, did you just add it in in post? <laughs> no, I heard, like, I was in the other room, and I'm like, God oh, dang it. Oh, I see. They didn't do it, so I just did it posterior, and then Maggie mocked me. Yes. And blew it. I would have really surprised if you did it in post, but um, speaking of hosts, I'm Kevin Lau. Hey, he's back. Yay! <laughs> um, I am Zachary Wright. And I'm Jordan Smearman. Ryan is not here today, so I'm here instead. Man, it's weird going second. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jordan is like the replacement for Ryan. Um, I'm not sure how that works in canonically, but you know, when, when Ryan's not here, Jordan is most likely is here. It like I would one assume. minority for another. Oh my god, no! <laughs> <laughs> one minority for another. No, that's not worse. I was like, I almost made that joke, and I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that joke was going, but apparently nowhere. We're adding oh some estrogen god. to this episode instead. <laughs> there was so much estrogen last episode. It's fine. Uh, I mean, I feel like it helps with the, the topic of this episode, which is talking about independent movies and most specifically the Independent Spirit Awards, which um, is starting to get more and more of the following uh, world demand of like female filmmakers and more filmmaker, famic, uh, eh, filmmakers of minority. I can't speak, man. That, that was um, such a segue. I was going to be crap for it. But then you really you really turn, you really brought it around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it around. <laughs> anyway, so today we we're talking about the Independent Spirit Film Awards. Yeah. Kevin, what the hell are those? So the Independent Spirit Awards is an annual award ceremony that is like the Oscars, but for independent movies. Uh, it was founded back in 1984. Uh, it was originally called the Findy or Findy Awards, uh, short for Friends of Independence. So I guess you would pronounce it Findy, okay. spelled F-I-N-D-I-E. Mm-hmm. Findi. There you <laughs> go. That's how you spell it. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, but later it was renamed to the Independent Spirit Awards in 1986. And then the ceremony aims to represent smaller independent films that may not receive the same recognition from the Oscars. Because the Oscars is more about uh, like more films that have gone through the... St- uh, mainstream studio circulation, whereas independent films don't always have that opportunity. Um, there's, there's, you know, few that do, which we will talk about later, but most of them do not. It's funny with how many category of films there are because, like, first coming to film school, I'm like, oh, the Oscars are like where like these independent, like artsy films are. Mm-hmm. No, they're just the main. <laughs> Oscars is a mainstream awards that are basically all whitewashed to a degree. To a degree. I mean, some indie ones still get in there, right, um, yeah. which especially like recently, we've got some pretty good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, not the one that the one that where, where Green Book won was not a good year, Oof. but the, the, the one before after that was pretty good. Hey, and before it was pretty good, too. Parasite. Solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moonlight. Parasite, also solid. Moonlight. Glad and... La La Land didn't win by accident. <laughs> uh, we, we're not going to talk about the fact that 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 Oscars mishap, but. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I was like I said, I was I feel like I was the only one that predicted that La La Land was going to win Best Director, but then Moonlight was going to win Best Picture, but no one believed me. <laughs> uh, but then it happened. So there you go. I was right. In My Oscar face. predictions, one hundred percent right all the time. Out of boy, Kevin, proud of you. Woo! So I guess that leaves a question, or begs a question rather, Kevin. What technically is an indie film or an independent film? So the definition of his indie film is pretty much the same as an independent game, which we talked about in an early episode with Davy Peppers. Highly recommend checking that out. Couldn't make it, but you know, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, an independent film, independent film is produced kind of like outside of the major film studio, where like the produce the people working on the film, like the director or the writer and all that stuff, uh, are the ones that are producing the film uh, with money outside of their own pocket. Sometimes you know, there are studios like smaller studios that also put in the bill for the production as well. Um, there's a lot of those all over the place. Like if you have a video, small video production company in your town, most likely if, if, they, if they produce a film, it's going to be called an independent right, film, yeah. okay. um, even though they are a studio. So, uh, I, so guess I was just going to yep. say, um, let's like, give an example. It's like what's a regular like mainstream film versus like an indie film. Yeah, so like a mainstream film is kind of like something from Disney or uh, Warner Brothers. Like uh, the Marvel movies are definitely studio films, right? Yes, and you know, you know, everything Disney pumps out is a studio film because it's all they they create the idea in house. Mm -hmm. They hire people to uh, make the make the films, and you know, obviously they have huge budgets to work with. But also, like they they basically in charge of all the distribution, and everything. Everything is generated from in house of their big massive studio that has. It is part of all the filmmaking unions out there. So they're, they, they, are, they are part of the club of mainstream distribution. Uh, same thing with Warner Brothers with like, you know, the Harry Potter movies. Like all those are done in-house in the studio. They, the producers of the creator, the owners of the studio have these ideas. They buy the rights. They hire the people, all that stuff. They handle everything in the distribution. So an independent studio doesn't quite have those luxuries. Like they can still come up with the ideas in house, but like, you know, some of them have a limited budget, depends on the people who own it and how much money they have. Um, but you know, they, they, they don't have the distribution. Like, you know, they can make the movie themselves, but when it comes to distributing the film to make sure it goes to theaters or at least on Blu-ray, DVD or digital, um, that's more up to them. Uh, unless they able, unless like they sell the complete movie to Warner brothers or something, and then they, and the Warner Brothers just puts it all in theaters. Right. So okay. to break it down, basically, like can be funded, like the project can be funded by a smaller studio or independently by the filmmaker themselves. And then like, for example, it can still be qualified as indie if even if Universal decides to distribute it to the theaters. Correct? Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. So and then there's a lot of times where like Netflix. So I think a good example would be like Netflix movies. A lot of those are independent movies, actually. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, so just because it has just because it has Netflix original on the on the cover doesn't mean Netflix actually produced it. Most of the time, it is another studio producing it, and Netflix is in charge of the distribution. Right. Uh, so they get oh. sold to to exclus exclusively be on their platform. There's more. I mean, of a the obviously. Sorry, there's more of a chance it'll be watched on Netflix than it will be in a film right, circuit yeah. or an awards stuff like that. Especially now. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, not saying that every Netflix original is not made by Netflix, but like, just keep in mind that, you know, um, like Stranger Things is produced by Netflix. Um, there's a few other feature films as well that are produced solely by Netflix. But a lot of the time, if it's like Netflix presents a da 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 production 
the the the, the what it says is the da 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 production whatever the name is um that's the actual company that made the movie when it says presents that means they are just in charge of distributing the movie cool. Oh, okay. cool 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 now that we got the terminology and definitions out of the way let's break down like so what's an example of like a really popular indie movie kevin so you'd be very surprised how many indie movies are extremely popular and part of the mainstream culture. Uh, one movie I think will actually surprise you is The Breakfast Club uh-huh. from the '80s, which is like you know, a, a staple of '80s culture. The the, the, the some may call it the ultimate uh, coming of age film. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> um, I think it still holds up pretty well considering yeah. some of the <clears throat> gender um, <laughs> <laughs> takes. Uh, very little representation in that movie. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so even though it has the Universal Studios logo in the front, Universal was just in charge of the distribution. It was funded by two smaller studios and from John Hughes himself and had a budget of $1 million, which is really small considering the the success that it had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's like it's made millions and millions since then. Um, but it was all, you know, it, it was a small budget. They shot in one location so they could keep the cost low of, you know, moving around and location scouting and all that stuff. Like they only had to lock down the school and everyone kind of lived near the school. So it's like, you know, it's really like it would made it really easy to kind of like do that on such a small budget. Like you may think one million dollars is, is a huge budget. But when you, you know, when you work on a movie, there's like hundreds of people working on it. Uh, not only during the production, but also before, during the writing stages, the planning stages, and then the editing stages, and then paying for distribution as well. One million dollars actually doesn't get you much. Not even like in old, like in the eighties either. either. Right. Like a million dollars, like back in the day, even still wasn't a lot of money. Yeah, no, it's very small compared to like you know stuff like the Terminator and stuff like that. I think even like ten million dollars is a small budget, like technically. Technically, yes. Uh, I mean, and then in, in the 80s, like these studios had like you keep in mind in the, in the 80s, these studios had money to burn like they were making blockbuster after blockbuster. Like people were going to theaters. It was because there there was no like home VHS yet. Um, there was no way to watch a movie at home unless you like watch it aired on TV censored. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so like, you know, the, mo- the, th- the movies were like the, pl- the place to go. Um, yeah, if you wanted to see a movie at, like before it came out, like you, or at any point in time, really, you had to go to a theater. Or the drive-in. Or a drive-in. Yeah. Gross. No. <laughs> drive-ins, you say gross, even though drive-ins probably the cleanest way to watch a movie. Exactly. I know, but drive-ins are more just like for the spectacle and the experience. You're not there to enjoy the movie. What are you there for, Zach? Uh, the food. Uh-huh. And the camaraderie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I can't go to a drive-in because my one, half of my speakers in my car don't work. So. <laughs> oh. That is a big oof. <laughs> Hashtag living that indie film life. <laughs> I'll never forget seeing the Amazing Spider-Man 2 in the drive-in and not knowing what was happening. And the next thing I know, Gwen Stacy's dead. And I'm like, oh, that was quick. I feel like that's not really a drive-in movie because I watched no. it in IMAX 3D. And that was like that. I felt like that was the experience for that movie. Yeah, I don't know why they picked the Amazing Spider-Man 2 to put on the drive-in theater. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Money. The, Get the crowds in. The best movie I saw at the drive-in was Sky High. Oh, my God. <laughs> It Classic. was amazing. That is the most like early 2000s thing I can think of is going to see Sky High at the drive-in. That's really classic, yes. but not an indie movie. No. <laughs> still Disney. Dang. So, but some more examples of independent films is like The Blair Witch Project, um, which which I wanted to point out that independent films usually have like more creative freedom than mainstream films do because mainstream films, they have to go through like a whole 
process of like, oh, how do we how do we appeal to the most consumers possible? Whereas an independent film is more like a person's passion project. It is, you know, they 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 have their own vision that they try to they have their own way of getting to that vision. With Blair Witch Project, it was the first found footage movie. Um, so it was like just it was made by like a group of film students. I think it was like three film students and then plus some actors. Uh, just filming in the woods, uh, making up the story as they go along. The the whole production of that, you can read it on Wikipedia. It's really, it's kind of messed up, but it, like it, it got like a really good performance. So it was like, and it did really well. So it, since it's a success story, it's like not as bad, but if it was a failure, then it's bad. Let's not talk about that one. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, it's, it was the first, it was so, but it was so unique and it got a lot of traction because of how unique and its marketing strategy of making it like a real life event. So like when people watched it, my mom included, uh, they thought it was like a real event that was documented, um, for the longest time. I thought it was too, before I looked it up. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's because it looks so real. Like the Mm -hmm. acting feels so real, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um. But outside of Blair Witch Project, another popular indie film would be Get Out, uh, which came out a few years ago by Jordan Peele, and uh, Whiplash, oh, which I also 2012, 2013? Uh, I thought it was 2014. Oh, 2014, probably, yeah. I, yeah, because La La Land was 2016. Look, the years just kind of blend together at this point, so. <laughs> I still think, or in 2021, I still think like 2015 was like two years ago. Like, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I saw I saw a photo that said like Shrek came out twenty years ago, and I remember watching Shrek when it first came out. So you know, <laughs> what was that fact where it's like it's entirely possible that Rosa Parks has seen the first two Shrek films? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. So, but, Jordan, you were going to say something. Yeah, I have a question. So, Whiplash is considered an indie film. Is La La Land also considered an indie film too, or uh, La La Land was is not an indie film because it was funded by Lionsgate. Which is no long, which I think by that time was no longer an independent studio. Okay. Um, Lion, yeah, Lionsgate, Lionsgate distributes a lot of indie films, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think as a studio themselves, like they are no longer indie, starting in like 2010s or something. Okay. okay. Gotcha. There's like a weird loophole that they find kind of fall into. Um, Get Out is an indie film. It is produced by Bloomhouse, uh, which has this which is an independent studio, which they're, they're, they have a really interesting business practice where every film they green light gets a $5 million budget, no more, no less. So okay. every kind of, every film kind of get from their uh, studio kind of gets a fair shot. Um, the, 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 I can go into more about their business practices in another episode, but basically there's a lot of Bloomhouse films that do get finished, but then never see the light of day because Jason Bloom watches the movie and the screener is like, nah, I don't like it. We're not going to distribute it. And then the movie just, you know, it's just shelved, gone forever. Aw. Blacklisted. Yeah, well, not blacklisted, but it just, you know, it just doesn't see the light of day, unfortunately. And apparently, like, from my research, some of them are really good, but, you know, it just didn't meet the producer's um, st- uh, standards. But, you know, uh, Fantasy Island did, so who knows what, what Jason Bloom is up to Oof. these days. So uh, is A24 independent, like, indie films? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A twenty four is an independent studio, uh, and and they they handle more distribution, but I do think they produce uh, they they have produced a couple movies here and there. Like um, they produced the farewell, uh, oh, okay. which is uh, which from la twenty nineteen I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that was starring Aquafina. Uh, that was a Chinese American film uh, that was filmed both in America and in 
China. But the the problem with that one in the, when it came to award season is that people uh, the Oscars were kind of labeling it as a uh, international film instead of a just a regular American film, mm. even though it was pro- it's it is produced by American studios. It is as A twenty four partnered with uh, an a uh, Chinese studio to kind of fully fund the movie but a24 was in charge of the american distribution um the so it should have been an american film right exactly or it is american film yeah it, it's it, it's it's bilingual so like they, they're so literally i think it's literally split 50 50 between how much english and chinese is spoken really fantastic movie it's on amazon prime highly recommend it mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, it won the spirit award last year for the last time for best picture oh cool so okay. yeah i think whiplash was my first like indie film I like I can actually like like have seen and be able to like review and be like wow this is really good mm-hmm. so I love yeah Whiplash. I feel like Whiplash was a real like a, a jump start for the indie film scene mm-hmm. yeah um for especially for this for this past decade like this decade 2010 we're seeing a lot more indie films and that's because my theory is that we have we have more distribution is much better now uh, with like Netflix and also just the the idea of digital dis- uh, distribution, so like you don't have to uh, fork over the cost to like get your DVDs and Blu-rays printed, and hopefully a store would sell them. You can put it up on Vudu or iTunes or whatever, and then like you know people can watch them right there without you know no money off your back, essentially. Um, it's uh, I mean obviously you still have to pay to get into theaters all that stuff, and you know there's a whole other rules and loopholes but um i do think it's getting better there i mean maybe maybe it's just me and my own um kind of like my uh my own little uh echo chamber whereas like i'm diving deeper into more of the independent film scene with like the people i've been working with and people i'm following on social media that i i get i see independent films more uh but i feel like some of them are hitting the mainstream more often too or at least like the, the trailers are like um Swiss Army Man is an independent film. Like, I don't think many people watched it, but like, though, mm-hmm. but the, when the trailer came out, people were talking about it. Okay, at yeah. least. Cool. Um, also, fantastic movie, Swiss Army Man. Really weird. So if you if you're not in, used to indie films, don't watch it yet. <laughs> uh, but it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Kevin's Kevin's pimping out his favorite indie film ever. <laughs> uh, hey, right. Uh, but on that note. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what the challenge is, because there is a challenge for this Independent Spirit Awards. We'll be right back. Starting a podcast? Try a Podbean Unlimited hosting plan. It's what we use here at Committed Critics, giving us the opportunity to have our show on Pandora, iHeartRadio, and even Spotify. You can get your first month of unlimited hosting for free on us by going to podbean.com slash committed crits, just like our Twitter, or by clicking the link in the description. Podbean, the easiest, most affordable option to get started in podcasting. And welcome back to Committed Critics. Did you have a good break, guys? Did you have a nice uh, little experience listening to our ads? Oh, yeah, the ads are great. We're doing... <laughs> I love listening to the ads, Kevin. <laughs> oh, the ads, the best part of Hulu. <laughs> and you believe I... come on. Uh, I, but with Hulu, it's more annoying because you have to pay to watch it with ads. I, I, I remember when Hulu was free with ads. I don't like the new setup, but whatever. Yeah, Hulu's only okay, but... It's fine. It's not Netflix. It's not Criterion Channel. It's whatever. Jesus. <laughs> 
But as we said before we entered the break, uh, we are going to initiate a challenge. So I have a challenge for you, Zach and Jordan, what up? about the Independent Spirit Awards. Are you ready to hear what it is? Listen, the last time you, the last time you challenged, I had to watch anime. Is it anime again? Please it's tell me it's not anime. It's not anime. Surprisingly, there is yeah, no anime no, on this list. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that, yeah, Spirit Awards doesn't have an animation category because animation usually, not when it's indie, it's really bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, okay. <Yeah. laughs> Like you've seen, you've probably seen those like uh, Ratatouille or whatever, or <laughs> the really the Ratatouille. Sorry. Yeah, that. Um, and it's just it looks like garbage. <laughs> Not to say that there are indie animated films that are good, but you know you'll find them at the Oscars before you find right, them at the yeah. Spirit Awards. <laughs> so the challenge, Kevin. Yeah, my challenge for you guys is to watch as many of the Independent Spirit Award nominees as you can before April 22nd, 2021, which is when the Spirit Awards air. Uh, we will talk more about when that airs and how that airs uh, when we talk when we come back for our predictions episode. Uh, but for now, April 22nd is the goal, the deadline. It's going to air that night, I believe, 6 p.m., but we'll see what's it on do we know like it is on one of the main channels it's not um let me look that up real quick it's That's not fine, an yeah. independent channel it's not an indie channel <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, what's an indie channel <laughs> you don't need a tin cup and a string to watch it <laughs> <laughs> go to the drive-in and watch it <laughs> um but kevin how do I know what films are in the Spirit Awards? Well, you can look it up just by going to filmindependent.org. Uh, you okay, can, that's the lame way. If there, that's if a lame way, to, but if you want... If you want traffic to come to Committed Critics, how do, oh how do you know? <laughs> if you want to support us and Committed Critics, uh, I have put together a detailed list of the 32, round 30 films, the, the 30 nominees that are the most I consider to be okay. the most accessible, uh, either on HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu. Um, if you have a library card, you can have see if you have access to Canopy with a K oh, yeah. or Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A. Um, if you have a Roku device. What's a library card? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, a library. <laughs> well, you see, Zach, uh, <laughs> maybe we should save that for another episode. going to call Can of Worms on that one. <laughs> Committed crazy episode. What's a library? My mom just <laughs> came through the screen and slapped you. <laughs> <laughs> so it says it'll be airing on IFC, which is International Film Independent Film or whatever. <laughs> it's independent Independent okay. Film Channel. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's called. Uh, I know it airs on one of the main channels. Uh, like it's on ABC or Fox or something. Maybe not Fox, but or CBS. Okay. Um, you can also when it gets closer. We'll tweet it out. Right, we'll tweet it out. I think you can watch it online too. Uh, you can stream it. Um, I would love to live tweet it, but we will see when we get there. <laughs> cool, sounds good. Uh, but yeah, so if you find in the link to, uh, in the description, you will find a, a list through a Google, a Google Doc with the list of movies that are most I consider to be most accessible. Highly recommend checking them out. If you have a Roku device, you can find have the Canopy and Hoopla app on your TV. Um, otherwise, you might have to watch some of them on your computer, but you know, it is what it is. So... And now moving on, uh, have you guys seen any of the nominees so far? Because I've seen four. I've seen the half of it on Netflix. Really good. I've seen The Assistant on Canopy. Pretty good. Could be better. Uh, I've seen Sound of Metal on Amazon Prime. Also really good. Uh, and then um, I've watched Palm Springs on Hulu, which 
thankfully did not have ads, thank God. <laughs> uh, but I absolutely loved Palm Springs too. <laughs> so funny enough, me and Jordan watched Palm Springs back, was it last Semester. fall? Yeah, so like October-ish probably? When it released. Uh, it released in like January, I think. Kevin, when did Palm Springs come out? You know, off the top of your head? Uh, it, okay, so it premiered in Sundance in February, but I think shortly after that, um, it got we jumped on Hulu like in March. Huh. Okay. Well, we watched it last fall. We watched it last fall. <laughs> it was not recent, or like with like within the time it came out. July tenth, twenty twenty. Yeah, so I think we watched it probably around August or mm. September ish, probably. Um, no, but we enjoyed it a lot. Like we just we didn't realize we just thought it was like Andy Samberg, Lonely Island produced film. Um, I really liked uh, Popstar that Lonely Island did that that did not do very well box office wise, but it's still a really a decent movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's watch Palm Springs. And we watched it and I loved the hell out of it. It was mm-hmm. a really good film. I lo- it was a really good. Oh, yeah. Same here. Like sci fi, but not sci fi time loop kind of thing. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice grounded, um, nice grounded sci fi, which is mm-hmm. kind of nice. Yeah, no, I like I watched Palm Springs and then when it was over, I just kicked myself in the butt. Like, why didn't I watch this sooner? Like, because all I want to do now is rewatch it, but I have to watch all these other movies first. <laughs> I know it's it was really good. Like, it was a very simple concept. Like, mm-hmm. it makes a time loop like not seem too complicated, which is mm-hmm. nice. Right. Because, well, I think the strongest element of it is the emotional core of focusing on the the human element of the movie, of the story. Yeah. Uh, On Andy Samberg's characters and all the other characters. Um, So, like, having that emotionally grounded element to it that's so strong in the movie, like, seriously, like, this is really strong emotional core in this film. Right. It makes, like, you know, the the time loop is more of, like, background noise as, as a setting. It's a background to tell the story, which I, you know, which I think is great. It's the way sci-fi should be written. Um, where it's like, you know, it is all built around to tell the story of your characters and their development. It's not like, you know, just focusing on the concept itself. Cause then that gets boring. Yeah, I agree. And like the characters, like you said, are very strong. Like mm-hmm. you understand like why Sarah like doesn't really care and why she's so apathetic because of like what she does, like sh- what she did at the beginning of the film to right. get her into the time loop. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Samberg is kind of like not down on his luck, but I don't want to call him like a piece of crap either. But well, like, yeah, I mean, you know, like he's he's been in stuck in the time loop for mi- many years. Like he know who knows how long he's been in that time loop, and he just kind of becomes a nihilist. Like you know, oh, nothing really matters. I'm just gonna have, I'm just gonna you know do my thing every day and just have a good time. Yeah, enjoy what I enjoy that I'm here essentially. And then same thing with like J.K. Simmons. Like J.K. J.K. Simmons being in this role or in this movie was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just. Just watching him hunt down Andy Samberg gave me so much joy for no reason. That was a surprise for me because I because I didn't really know anything before going in except for like it's supposed to be really good. Um, and I watched it and it was like when J.K. Simmons when they revealed J.K. Simmons, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they got J.K. Simmons, J. And Jonah Jameson. He needs pictures of Spider Man every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but Jordan, what did you think of Palm Springs? I really liked it. I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Um, Because I watched the trailer and stuff and it looked like it looked really interesting. And then Kyler was tweeting about it and right. all the time, who's also been on committee critics. Um, And he was tweeting about it and he was just like, this is such a good movie. And I was like, OK, I'm going to trust you <laughs> Um, because sometimes my opinions and Kyler uh, Kyler's opinions don't always match up. But um, we watched it and I was I was thoroughly impressed with it. 
And I, I thought it was going to be more like a Lonely Island thing, like Zach said. And because um, I have never seen Popstar, the first time we watched it was two weeks ago. <laughs> so that was that was an interesting time. But um, I really liked it. I also liked how Sarah's character was the one who solved the problem. Yeah, that was really cool. Because she taught herself like physics and like <laughs> all about quantum, it. not just physics, quantum, quantum physics. physics, quantum astrophysics. Let's be let's get the title correct here. <laughs> Like, that's kind of amazing. And it like, for me, it kind of made me think, too, like, if I was stuck in a time loop, like, what would I want to do? Like, would I be more like Andy Samberg and just kind of do whatever the hell I want to? Or would I actually, like, try to teach myself a bunch of different things because I'm living the same day over and over? Like, I don't have to worry about money. I don't have to worry about, like, shelter. I can just learn quantum astrophysics if I wanted to and do what I want to do. Right. Yeah. So that part, I I really like that kind of concept. Yeah, I think I feel like it's a much stronger time loop film than even like Groundhog Day, which kind of started the whole thing. Yeah, I haven't even seen Groundhog Day. I don't really know if I want to see Groundhog Day for this one, to be honest with you. Uh, it's it's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. But I feel uh, like I after mean, watching yeah, Palm Springs, you kind of be disappointed. But um, yeah, to, we can kind of to start wrapping up. Um, definitely like if you're if you're not really into independent films if you haven't really like watched an independent film before, but you want to be part of the challenge, Palm Springs is a good starting point. Like it is the yeah. most like. A, 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 a normal film quote-unquote normal film that you will see on this list um, i wish th- palm springs had like a theater distribution because i do think like it could be like oscar worthy like there oh, are some 100 percent. yeah there are some good parts about it but since it's probably like it's only streaming service it probably won't see anything at the oscars sadly. okay so it, it appeared at sundance and it won basically quote-unquote one sundance and i think I want to say it did a small theater run in LA because that's all you need to do to be part of um, eligible for an Oscar. Just be at le- a premiere at least one LA theater registered LA theater for like a week or two. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. To be part of the to can be part of the Oscars. I don't know. Well, the Oscar nominees aren't going to be announced till March 15th. So like we'll see if they get nominated for best comedy or best screenplay. Um, I really hope so. I hope they do too. Really good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the Palm Springs is a good one. It's a good starting point. Uh, I feel like the half of it is an, uh, Netflix, uh, teen rom-com is a really good, good second, uh, step as well. Yes. And then after that, <laughs> oh, have you seen it? No, I just she like teen, teen rom-coms. rom-coms. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good teen rom-com. Very good representation of both, um, uh, a- uh Chinese and, um, LGBT. My and favorite. I have seen it. <gasps> have you? Yeah. She, the uh, main character, she lives next to a train station, right? Yes. Oh my God, I have seen it. I really liked that one. <laughs> there you go. Take that, Zach. Does that mean I have to watch that or does Jordan count for me? Uh, do you want to be part of the discussion? Uh, fine, I'll watch it. It's a good one. I think <laughs> it's it really good. good. I, it's it's I did a really, really good. Yeah, no, it's really good. It kind of, I feel like the pacing kind of falls apart in the second half, but like it really pulls itself together in the end. Yeah. Such a great message, too. Um, yeah, then after that, I recommend Sound of Metal on Amazon Prime. Uh, when you, I just also want to note that when you watch Sound of Metal, watch it uh, with captions on. It is a it is a story about a drummer starting who starts to lose his hearing, and may potentially have to give up his career in music. And uh, the director uh, has the captions reflect kind of like what he hears. Oh, okay. So you know when some things sound distorted, like it will say it's distorted. So you're not supposed to understand what they're cool. saying. Huh. Um, and then there are, there are segments where sign language is used. And when the main character doesn't know no sign language, there's no caption for the sign language. But when he starts to learn sign language, like he used to start, oh, it starts being captioned. Unique. 
So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's real. So yeah, highly recommend watching the captions. Part of the director's original vision. You can look that up. See his whole explanation of that as well. Uh, but before we end the episode, do you guys have any closing thoughts? No, I'm excited to watch a couple more movies. I haven't watched a lot of mm-hmm. movies in a while. And I think when we watched Pops the other night, that was nice to just kind of sit down and watch a film again. Yeah. In the theaters. And Even though it, I said I prefer staying at home. Like I do miss going to the theaters. Oh, mm-hmm. definitely. But we can't do that right now unless you Correct. want to die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say it too. Yeah. You may be surprised what is considered independent. Like uh, yeah. the, the Invisible Man is nominated. Uh, it's on HBO Max. And that one got really big when it came out. Um, that one's an independent movie. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the last performance with Chadwick Boseman. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Netflix is an independent film. Uh, so, yeah, you know, check out the list that we have linked in the description and just, you know, t- uh, t- pick, see, see what sounds interesting and then just kind of dive in. Let's go. You know, rip the band aid off. Rip the band off. Jump, dive into the deep end and uh, get it, expose yourself to some culture. And Kevin, just for quick clarification, we're only doing the movies, right? Because I looked up the list and it, there's um, some sh- TV shows are also nominated, but we're only doing the movies, correct? Uh, in terms of the of the uh, challenge, you can only do the you can do just the movies. And it's totally fine. Okay, it's about okay, just cool. you know watching as much as you can. Um, I will be trying to watch the the shows as well because it's it's mini series. It's not like you know multiple seasons, just one season stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, so I will try to watch as much as I can, but when we get to the predictions, it'll mostly be like what what we have seen and more most knowledgeable about. Cool. Sounds good. All righty. Well. Well, this has been another episode of Committed Critics. Thanks for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at Committed Crits. That is C-O-M-M-I-T-T-E-D-C-R-I-T-S. You can follow us on YouTube as well. Committed Critics spelled the same there as it is here and everywhere else. You can support us on Patreon in the link below. And special thanks to sound engineer, Jordan Smearman, who's right here right now, so she can react to my my praise. Yay! Yay. Thanks, Jordan. No problem. And we'll see you next week on Committed Critics. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.